Welcome to the Kick Pod, your weekly DM on the stuff that matters. Hello there. Hello there. Hello. What's going on? Nope. What's up? Did we start with that? <laughs> I was going to say, what's going on? We're recording a podcast. <laughs> Remember? Did you ever say sup? Sup? Sup. I mean, it's been a while since I said sup. Just on MSN or something. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I did think in my head then I'm going to say sup. And then I was like, no. And then you said, what's going now on? I think stand up paddleboard. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, how are you? I'm good. I'm actually... I've been in a really good mood this week and I know I obviously I'm completely aware of what's going on in the world that's continuously devastating me every day but I there's a lot of things that have been happening in my life in my personal life that um I've been dealing with and even like a directly something to do with my family which I'm not going to share yet but um there there's something not so great is happening right now with a close family member but um we did get some positive news this week so feeling really really good about that and then also got to go to my best mate's wedding on the weekend another best friend is engaged actually I haven't even told you about this but I don't know how many people they're telling so I'll tell you after laws but um <laughs> yeah so it's just been like a, a very positive week in that in that sense and then even with even with this podcast that we're sharing today uh, you know I left that chat with M feeling so positive so I feel like I'm just like yeah I'm feeling good Good. Really good. Yeah. How are you? I'm glad. I am fantastic as can be. Mm. Just, you know. <laughs> it's been it was a big week at work. Yes, yes. Yeah. And we just did the kick tour in Sydney, which was absolutely That's probably another fantastic. reason. <laughs> it was so good. So so good to, to spend time with the community and to have the workout and then the panel as well. Mm. The kick tour has evolved so much since last time and you know, thanks to our amazing team and a big shout out to Cam from our kick team who is the hero of absolutely. the kick tour. Uh, he organises everything and he's absolutely fantastic and it's not possible without Cam. So thank you, Cam. Yeah. Not that he would be listening or needs <laughs> to listen to this, but we just, we just yeah, we, could, we couldn't do it without him and, and our team. And if you did see it on socials over the weekend and you thought, oh, I would like to go, um, it is. And if you didn't, that's cool too. Maybe <laughs> you still want to come. It's so much fun. We do a workout with Dan Kennedy, our ma- one of or our master trainer yeah. at Hibber Cleaner. And then we have got a panel. So there's a panel in Melbourne, which is coming up and the kick to up this weekend. Mm-hmm. And then on Saturday. And then... Next, the next week, week yeah. we are in Brisbane, which is very, very exciting. And that event is on Saturday as well in Brisbane. And there's a, a morning session, an afternoon session, so you can choose whatever you prefer. And the tickets are on sale now. Yeah, they're still available, so you can just head to the link in our show notes if you're interested in joining us. Yeah, and then one more kick update before it's a very we get exciting to our special one too. Yes, our cardio Pilates, our brand new cardio Pilates classes with Christina have dropped into the app so you can do them now and I'm loving them yeah it's so good I'm loving them too it's so good. I mean like I love our cardio Pilates and I just think it's 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 awesome to see Christina as well obviously because the last time we shot with her she was pregnant so we did all the kick bump um content it was cool to like see her kind of back in action with the with the I suppose more intense side of Pilates but the the sessions are so much fun they are and they're they're very much what I love about so Mari is our other fantastic mm. Pilates instructor on kick. And what I love about Mari and Christina's classes is they're super different. And mm. so Mari has cardi- Chris- cardio, Christina Pilates, cardio Pilates in the <laughs> app as well. Um, and Christina's classes are also cardio, Pil- cardio Pilates, but they're super different and just I love them all. Mm. It's so good, so much variation. We hope you enjoy them. I've been really enjoying. Mm. I've done a few already this week, loving it. Um, and now have you got – a special share. I do, I do. Um, so this one is on Disney Plus. Love it. It's the newest Disney movie, Encanto. And if you haven't seen it, I highly Encanto. recommend watching it. Yep. It is such is it cartoon? A beautiful movie. Yes. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. It is such <laughs> a beautiful <laughs> movie. You would like it though. The storyline's really, really beautiful. Obviously, like most Disney movies, there is an underlining message. Um, and it was just oh. a really special movie. It I does really look really it. cute. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Well, thank you for that recommendation. <laughs> That's like a hug. It looks like I've just Googled it and it looks like you would just be watching. Everyone just looks really nice and happy. And yeah, it's very colourful. Um, there's obviously lots of music. 
because it's a Disney movie. Yeah. But um, yeah, the messaging and it's really, really special. Okay, well, thank you. Mm. I've actually got three special shares. Oh, you but they're do not. That. They're not. So I had one. Yeah. And then I was like, I then I remembered that we have to type these up and put them in the show notes, and I was like. That's random. Oh. So I've got one to go into the show notes and then okay. I've got two other random things that I oh, wanted okay. to share as well. Sure. Um, okay. So the first one, my – okay, special share for the show notes mm. and something that I've enjoyed listening to over the past few weeks is um, the podcast by the New York Times, The Daily. Mm-hmm. And they have done some fantastic coverage on what's happening in Ukraine and Russia. So I know there's uh, a lot of news right now. As, as we kind of spoke about last week – kind of absorbing it and listening to a podcast every day might not be for you and and if that's obviously that's absolutely okay but if you are looking for some really good I just the way they do the interviews are fantastic and I have reflected a lot on how much I actually did not learn in high school about history Mm. my knowledge is just so little and I just I think for me having a better understanding of what's happening and why has helped me not that it, it feels more in control but Mm. I just it's just helped me a bit so highly recommend that podcast if that's for you if not obviously absolutely fine secondly I have a new obsession uh it's an ice cream type uh it's at cold rock Mm -hmm. really random really random Turkish delight with gummy worms that is so you (laughs) (laughs) it's the best combination (laughs) I've ever had in my life so that's that and then lastly I I just wanted to talk about putting yourself out there and that was going to be my my original special share mm. because – so TikTok for us, right, mm-hmm. I feel like – 50 years old on there? Yeah. Yeah. And I just feel like I don't know how to do it and mm. I feel really bad at it. You are doing amazing at it. Like the things okay. that you're coming up with <laughs> is very clever. It's very clever. I that. Um, but I – have said last week I said okay everything I've ever done has been hard before I started it yeah and I haven't known what to do and I've yeah. like everything practice makes you get better yeah and it's the same way I felt about Instagram when it first came out and yeah. I mean a lot of things not just social media platforms and so I last week I was like do you know what I'm going to do one TikTok a day mm-hmm. I'm only allocating 10 minutes because otherwise you know you could end up on there for three oh, yeah. hours and yeah. it's really time consuming because mm-hmm. I was like I can't do TikTok because I just don't I don't have time mm. But I was like, oh, I don't want to be like that. Imagine, you know, those big corporates that were like, don't Instagram, yeah, it's a joke. Yeah, totally. <laughs> <laughs> Sucked in. <laughs> so anyway, and I do enjoy being on there yeah. sometimes, some of the videos. So I said, okay, well, how can I solve the time problem and give myself 10 minutes a day? Yep. Whatever the heck nice. I can do in that time, I'm just going to boast it. Yeah. Uh, and I, I'm, it's kind of embarrassing and I feel like I'm putting myself out there no. because I, a lot of the stuff I'm doing is pretty bad. It's not bad. I am giving it a go. And so, and nothing really bad's happened. Like I'm of not, course nothing no one is like you're, I don't like you anymore. It's all good, you know, <laughs> <laughs> but I just, for me, I was reflecting this morning when I was driving in, thinking about what I was going to talk about in this intro. And I just thought, you know what, this is a reminder to just. Put yourself out there every now and then. Yep. What's the worst that can happen? Yep. For me, create a few really cringy videos. But yeah. Anyway, just if you're thinking of doing something, do it. And follow Laura Start. on TikTok. No. <laughs> no. She's yeah, trying really hard, guys. This was to get some followers. No, 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 no. Uh, yeah. So they're my three. Amazing. I, I spoke really fast. Did you no. notice that? I was like trying to get through them. No, you didn't need to speak fast. I just had my coffee. Um, they were great. Thank you for sharing. No problem. No and problem. keep TikToking. Thank you. I'm enjoying. <laughs> okay, so now we have got a D and M. Yes, we yes, do. We do. So thank you very much to this lovely person that sent this in to us, lovely community member. If you do have a D and M, you can send it in to us at podcast at keepitcleaner.com.au. That is an email address, not a TikTok account, <laughs> just in case you were wondering. And we will have a go at answering it if we can. So this community member has got a tricky situation. And they would love our opinion on it. Mm, so good let's, let's see what we can do. Okay, a bit of background. I met this friend when she started seeing one of my partner's friends about three years ago. We got on super well straight away and it was great having another girl in the group. It was obvious from the beginning that her relationship with my partner's friend was extremely toxic at first, but I always tried to have her back when they got into arguments. Okay, so this is a friendship question. So it's her boyfriend's friend. In the friendship group and yep. the girlfriend of him. Yeah. Is that? Yeah. That's right. Okay, yep. great. 
Over time, I started to realise that the story wasn't as she always told me and although there were elements of truth to her side, it was often exaggerated to make my partner's friend sound like the one in the wrong. When she wasn't with us, her boyfriend would often tell me he wished she was more like me and he knows that they won't be together forever, that he's ultimately just with her until someone better comes along. Mm, That's a bit of a red flag. Unfortunately for my friend, she would tell me the names they had come up with for their children, how many children, oh, this is sad, how many children they would have together and she would tell anyone who listened that this boy, and I say this because he is not a man, was the love of her life. Eventually, this started to cause issues between my partner and I as we would always seem to find ourselves in arguments because we had naturally taken different sides. Mm -hmm. On more than one occasion, I had implied I knew something more than what he was telling her or would often tell her things I knew she asked But no matter what, she would always go running back. I decided then, for the sake of my own relationship, I would take a step back. My friend didn't like this at all. She would message me, abusing me for spending more time with other people, telling me I was purposely leaving her out for things and making her spend her nights crying herself to sleep. For so long, I tried my best to make everyone get along and when I finally realised it was affecting my mental health and put myself first, she then saw it as a stab in the back. I was tired of going out of my way to pick up the pieces after one of their weekly breakups only to see them back together the next day as though nothing had happened. I guess my question or the thing I want advice on is how can I distance myself from a person because they are bad for my well-being when they are still such a huge part of my life. Believe it or not, they have been together like this on and off for three years. As I'm getting older, I realise more and more that I want to surround myself with people who make me feel good, but I see both her and her boyfriend at group gatherings and I don't know how this is possible. That is a tough one. Yes. I felt like I was scrunching up my face that entire time. I, I'm i so sorry that she's already made you feel guilty for taking distance because, I mean, that would have been my first tip would have literally been to have distance, but it's hard if that's something that you've already tried and she's made you feel guilty about it. What are your thoughts? Yeah, I think it's really hard. I think, I mean, huge red flag. From the boyfriend, if he's saying, it's just so unfair to talk behind your partner's back and to another female or person and say that I wish you were more like my, Mm. my girlfriend was more like you. So that's a huge red flag. Also, if someone's going along and telling people that they are just with someone until someone better comes along, like also huge red flag. Mm. However, if you've been honest with your friend about this, also obviously it's really hard because your loyalty is to your partner. Like they're your, your number one in this situation, I would assume. And so if you go and tell mm. the friend, then that could possibly cause an argument between you and your partner, which yeah. is not, not good for your mental health either. So it's a really hard situation. I would say if you have spoken to her about it, you've given her the information, it's – you can't – what's the saying? You can lead um, a camel to water, but you can't make them drink. Yeah, it. exactly. And I think with relationships, um, I think we've all been in a situation where we've had a friend with with a partner that's yeah. not been good for them. 100%. And you, you've seen it, but you can't – there's no point of trying to convince them to break up with them because no. they're the ones that have to make the decision. Yeah. And I think it can be really exhausting if you, your friend always comes to you and talks to you about, you know, I, my boyfriend's doing this, it's so, he's so mean, I need to get out of it. And then they don't make a change. Yeah. And then it just be, it consumes your life. 100%. And so it's okay for you to distance yourself. You, you really don't have to feel guilty. I would say that if you're in a group situation, that's hard to – because then you're going to – if you start not seeing them at all, then you and your partner are going to be distanced from the friendship group, which is not fair on you guys. But what I would probably do if I were you would be to – not do any catch-ups outside one of the on group one. ones yeah. yeah and just say that you're you're if you don't want to have the confronting conversation which is absolutely fine that you know i i you're affecting my mental health in a really bad way I, yeah this is hard for me just say you're, you're busy you've yeah. got a lot on yeah they'll eventually get the picture yeah. and yeah i would agree with that and i think also you know if you were mates with the uh, male in, in this relationship first. I know that can also be really difficult as well because you can't you don't always agree with what they're doing, but you might have been closer with them. I think also being honest with him as well, if he's ever saying anything to you about his partner, knowing that like you're close with her, um, I don't know, you probably have it sounds like you're you're someone who who does kind of step forward and, and speak up. But if you haven't said something to him, I think absolutely feel comfortable to say, Hey, you know what? I know you guys have got your issues, but I can't keep being in the middle of it. Please stop bringing this up with me because I just can't, I can't not share it with her or I can't not think about it when I see you together. So you can do whatever you want, but don't include me in it. 
Um, yeah, but it is it is a bit of a tough one. But I think as Laura said, you know, I think if you just keep um, kind of avoiding those one-on-ones, they'll, they'll get the picture. And, you know, it might not be the most comfortable situation when you do see them in group settings, but hopefully you will kind of get used to that and then it's and then it's just normal it's just normal that you only see them I've got plenty of friends who you know I don't dislike them as people I don't I I just wouldn't uh, I would call them a friend I wouldn't call them a super close friend and so I wouldn't like go get a coffee with them by myself but I'm happy to catch up and have a quick chat at a group setting and that's fine and we're okay with that and we've like moved on from trying to make it anything more than that yeah and that might be what it ends up being Good advice. I feel like I didn't really say anything. I feel like she's, she's, she's got what she needs. You've got the info you need. You just, you it's just, just it's just a hard time. It is. Hard. It is. It is it's hard. a hard time. We hope that helped a little bit. <laughs> I don't know if it did. <laughs> but anyway, that is, that is what we would do. We would do. We're sending you lots of love and thank you for, for your question. Um, if you do, have, if you do have a question, podcast at kimaclander If you don't, that's cool. That's if you don't cool. want advice, that's cool. <laughs> we don't blame you. That's good. <laughs> So now for today's podcast, Steffi, you had a wonderful conversation. Tell us about it. Yes. Well, World Happiness Day is coming up. So as a team, we had to think about who would make a great guest for a podcast episode on happiness or gratitude and a positive mindset. One person that came to mind to all of us was M. Carey. And if you haven't heard that name before you're in for a treat because she's just so incredible. Um, But a little bit of background, Em had an accident in 2013 when she was travelling with her close friend where she uh, was skydiving and, you know, worst fear had happened and the parachute did not work and she – anyway, she tells the whole story in detail on the podcast. So I won't go into it too much. But basically she ended up becoming paralysed from the waist down and it fully changed her life forever. She was 20 years old. So obviously quite a huge shift in your life when something like that happens. And Em's really open about, you know, different struggles she went through, but also this, you know, realisation of how she can shift her mindset and and change the way she lives her life and all that sort of stuff and looks at life and looks at opportunities. And it, yeah, it was just a really beautiful chat. I left it feeling light and, and happy and yeah, energized. And so I hope, I hope you guys get something from this chat. I'm sure you will, even if it's just a whole bunch of smiles. I hope, I hope that you enjoy this podcast as much as I enjoy chatting to him. Hello, Em. It is so good to have you on the Kick Pod. I would like to jump in to say how are you, but I have to first say, you know, thank you for everything you're doing up north. So for the listeners, explain what you've been up to for the last week. Well, hello. Um, yes, for the <laughs> last week I've been down in northern New South Wales where um, obviously the floods went through there and I've just been helping with the cleanup in any way that I can. And yeah, it's been a very emotionally and physically exhausting week, even helping. So yeah, can't even imagine how it is for the people actually going through it. Yeah. And we were just speaking offline um, about how it's kind of hard to fathom. Like it's so good how much you're all sharing of what's going on up there, because I think unless you're in the thick of it, it's really hard to understand, you know, what's actually, what's actually happening. And, And you mentioned offline that when you think of a flood, you know, what would happen afterwards? I had the exact same thought. I did not even imagine the amount of mud that would cover houses like head to toe. Like, do you want to, I don't know, let the listeners, if they're not in in Queensland or New South Wales where it's been affected, um, really understand what's going on. Yeah. So it is something that's really hard to imagine until you see it. Even seeing all the photos and videos online, I kind of thought I had an idea of it. But then when you're actually there and see it in person, it just blows your mind. I've spoke to a lot of people who have lost their houses and down there they do get floods a lot and they're like, yeah, we've seen floods before, but this wasn't this wasn't a regular flood. Like the water was like rapid, smashing windows and there's just so much mud covering every inch. I didn't yeah, I didn't know what something a house that had been hit by a flood would look like inside. I just I didn't anticipate the mud and the effect on every single thing in the house it's just it's all got to go so it's yeah it's horrific absolutely devastating and yeah our thoughts are honestly with everyone and anyone listening that might have been affected in any way and yeah thanks em for being a helping hand through that time for everyone up there um to get started with the podcast i felt like we had to start of you know 
with the reason why I think you would refer to yourself as the girl who fell from the sky. I mean, my reasonings for that isn't just for what happened to you, but also I think you're an absolute angel. I really do mean that. Um, your energy is incredibly infectious and, yeah, such a positive light. So I'm so happy to have you on today. But, Em, if you can, if you feel comfortable, do you mind telling the listeners who may not know your story why you refer yourself to as the girl who fell from the sky? First of all, that's so nice. (laughs) So thank you. (laughs) Um, I definitely wouldn't call myself an angel, but I, yeah, I started calling myself the girl who fell from the sky after I was in an accident where I literally did fall from the sky. So when I was 20, I was backpacking around Europe and went, decided to go skydiving in Switzerland, as a lot of people do on those kind of trips. And, um, Obviously, the skydive did not go to plan. The parachute got uh, really tangled with the backup parachute. The cords actually actually wrapped around the instructor's neck and strangled him. So he was unconscious for the entire fall. And because he couldn't do anything to fix it, I had no idea what was going on, obviously. So we just fell really, really fast to the ground. I landed on my stomach. And because the instructor was strapped to my back, he landed on my back on top of me. And we were in the middle of a field in Switzerland. We didn't land. I think we were maybe a kilometre or something from where we were meant to land. So there was no one around. There was no one there to see it. There was no one there immediately to help. So I thought, okay, I got to get up (laughs) and go find help. Um, Because at this stage, the instructor still wasn't responding to me. So I knew he really needed help. Um, And it was in that moment when I tried to get off the ground, I tried to kind of roll roll over to get him off me so I could get up. And I just had the most like heart dropping moment when I realized my legs or my abs, just the whole bottom half of my body wouldn't work at all. I just, I couldn't even wriggle my toes. I couldn't, I couldn't use my abs to roll. It was just nothing. And it's so, it's so hard to describe that feeling because, you know, for 20 whole years, I'd just been moving my body without a thought. And then you're like, hold on, how can I not do this thing that I've done without even putting in any effort and it just suddenly isn't working. Yeah, very hard to explain. Was there a moment then, like, it's just, it's crazy. And I love how quickly you explained that because honestly, the whole experience would have actually been that quick. Like it was, it's such a, I mean, people have, I haven't skied, I've never done skydiving. I'm too, I'm too afraid. And it's not just for knowing you. I've always had that fear. Um, But like, it's, it's, it's a very quick thing. Even when the parachute does does come out and you do safely land it's a very quick experience so I can only imagine though being that close to death I've heard you speak like that you literally were thinking I'm gonna die and you started thinking about everything and thinking about your life and all that sort of stuff when you were lying there and you realized you were awake did you think you might have actually not been awake and you might have been dead and this was the past life or something did that ever cross your mind yeah for sure because when I was falling if you could feel the speed we were falling with and see the ground you're like there's no way anyone can survive this. So there was not a doubt in my mind that I was about to die. It wasn't even a question. So when we landed and I didn't even get knocked unconscious, which seems so unbelievable, I, for the first few seconds, and again, during the fall, as you said, it was so fast, but time was so slow at the same time. And it's the same thing for when I landed on the ground. Like all of this would have unfolded over a few minutes, but in my head, there were so many different, like so many different sections of going through it. And my very first thought was like, I must be dead. Like, this is weird. The afterlife is just me on the ground, like being in immense pain. Cause that was the second thing that hit me, just the most overwhelming pain I've ever experienced. And I was like, am I in hell? Like, was I a really bad person on earth? Mm. I just, I couldn't, oh. yeah. I, I just thought there was no way to survive that. So yeah, my immediate thought was, I must have died and this is this is what's next. Oh my gosh. Uh, yeah. And before the jump, did you have a fear of skydiving at all? Like was it was it an experience that you had fear around or were you like so super adventurous and like like yeah, no worries, let's do this. <laughs> yeah, probably too much on the no worries side. Like I didn't even yeah. consider <laughs> it to be dangerous. I'd always wanted yeah. to do it and I yeah, it yeah. wasn't until we were up in the helicopter and I remember saying to my instructor, um, are we nearly at the height where we're going to jump from? And he looked at me and he's like, no, we're not even halfway yet. And I was like, 
oh, <laughs> wow. <laughs> and I, I think until you're up there, you don't realize, because so many people skydive. I don't know. It just seems yeah. like something that people do without even thinking. And when I was up there, I was like, Absolutely. oh my God, this, yeah, this is definitely a dangerous thing. We're so high up. I'm trusting this complete stranger. But yeah, I wasn't nervous at all until that moment. Mm. And speaking of your, your past self before the accident, I've heard you once before describe yourself as not a positive person. I want to ask you why, why you would like, I suppose, refer to yourself, your part, prior self to that. And also, once you started your recovery process, I'm sure there was quite a lot of, it was a roller coaster of emotions, I'm sure, for, for a long t- period of time. And when was it throughout your recovery where you actually truly felt, you know, happy and grateful for life and could look at the experience? I mean, not in a positive light because obviously it's, a, it's an accident you wouldn't wish upon someone, but you actually could reflect and move on, move forward positively. When was that point? Yeah, so I think I know I've, I've referred to myself as not being a positive person beforehand, but when I think about it, I think I was just really young average. and didn't, you know, <laughs> just average, but I just hadn't yeah. really been through anything yet. So I didn't yeah. have any resilience. I didn't really have any purpose yet. So I was just, I was just going to a job I didn't like every day. I just didn't have any spark about me. I think that's mainly what I mean. And I, yeah, like the biggest thing that I'd been through at that point was my parents getting a divorce. So like, I didn't, I just didn't know that I was capable of handling something bigger. So that was my immediate worry when it first happened I just thought there's no way like other people get through things but not me like I'm not capable of this and I know a lot of people feel that way when they're faced with a situation or the fear of a situation happening and it's it's cheesy but it's true like we don't know what we're capable of until we're in that situation and we're forced to do it and so for the first few days in hospital I was definitely just devastated in shock trying to wrap my head around this new reality that I was in going from being on holidays to suddenly being in a hospital. And it was a few days later, it happened honestly relatively quickly that my mindset switched. I just woke up one morning and I was like, okay, there's, there's nothing I can do to change what's happened. There's absolutely nothing I can do. It's happened and I'm going to have to live with it for the rest of my life, regardless of whether or not I get better, like this has happened. So I can either you know, be paralyzed and let it ruin me, or I can be paralyzed and try to create a meaningful, exciting life regardless. And the main thing that helped was just thinking about when I was falling, as I said, it kind of time froze. And I had so much time to think about like, oh my God, I don't want to die yet. Like I I have so much left that I want to do. And I'm not like, I'm so young. I'm not ready for this yet. And so being given the chance to survive, I still had that appreciation for being alive. And I think the fact that even though it was traumatic that I was awake and I wasn't knocked unconscious, I think it really did help that I was awake for the moment of thinking, oh, I might die because it just, yeah, it really changed the way I think from that moment forward. I was like, I am so, so lucky. And yes, this is hard, but I'm so lucky that I get to still be here and be alive. Oh, and uh, yeah, it's it's that thing you've said it before. Um, it was like you were alive before, but you weren't living. And mm. I just thought that was just such a strong comment because yeah, it, it's really incredible to see you know the way that you live every day and the the energy that you have and everything. It truly is like you're you're alive. You're a very alive human being. And I know that there would be so many people, I mean myself included, there is some days where I just like do just cannot fathom having that mindset and um and I know that it's 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 really up to me. Um but you know for those who might not have had this life-changing experience like you have um but do want to shift their overall mindset, like what would you say to them? Yeah. Well, first of all, don't get me wrong, I definitely have days where I not <laughs> so like so excited for everything. <laughs> like I definitely have down days as well, but I think the main thing that helped me and that anyone can apply to their own life is just shifting the focus off what you've lost or what you don't have onto what you do have or what you've gained from a negative situation. So for me in those first few days in hospital, I just remember feeling like I've lost my body, I've lost all my 
physical abilities. I'd lost my boyfriend as well. He broke up with me in that same time. And I'd lost, like, I just lost my identity. I just had no idea who I was anymore. And then, and so it just felt so heavy. And then on that day in hospital where my perspective changed, I was like, okay, but what do I still have? Like, I've lost my legs, but I still can use my arms. I can still use my hands. And that's when I started drawing because I was just so excited to do something with my hands. And then I even thought like, is there somehow anything that I've gained from this situation? And when I looked on it, I realized I'd gained that massive appreciation for life. And I'd also gained like a, it sounds (laughs) really cheesy, but like the knowledge that I, for some reason, survived something that you shouldn't be able to survive. And I just felt like there should be some bigger purpose to that so yeah in anyone's own life I guess it's just yeah sometimes it can be hard to do when you're in the middle of something really hard but thinking about what you still have or what you've gained from a situation is yeah is the simplest way to switch your perspective a hundred percent and you mentioned then that like you don't not every day is you know sunshine and rainbows like anyone Those days that you're feeling down, are they just, you know, because of life or is that because you are still holding on to any anger or anything over what happened? Like, is it ever because of what happened or it's just general life that's getting you down sometimes? Um, I think in the earlier days, like now it's been, what, eight years or something. So if I have a down day now, it's just, yeah, general life. Like today, for example. Yeah, totally unrelated. Yeah, yeah. Like today, for example, I've just been so flat after the last week Mm, with the floods. But, but. In the first few years, I, especially when I was still um, learning to walk and I was learning how to navigate now being incontinent and there were so many times, I wasn't necessarily angry, but I was just like, this is really hard. Like, it's really hard to be in my own body, let alone deal with normal life stuff on top of that. Yeah. And I think, you know, you just, you just touched on, you know, incontinence then those, those kind of things that are impacting your your day-to-day life. I mean, I've gotten to know you just a little bit over summer, you know, through live and, um, and I just, it's just so inspiring to see you give everything a crack and just the way that you were behind the boat or in the water and everything. It's amazing to me. And you would very easily forget that, you know, you're numb from the waist down. Have you ever, since the accident, struggled with fear in in any way because of what happened? Or are you, you know, you've got this new lease of life and you just want to keep living it to the fullest, you're not going to let fear get in the way? Um, Yeah, it's weird. Yes and no. So in a lot of ways, I've become a lot more aware of the fragility of life and our bodies. So I'm a lot more cautious and like every time I get in the car, I'm like, will this be the last time I can move my toes? Like I think about things that I never used to think about. And I love going out on the jet ski. I love skateboarding. I love doing things that I guess have an element of danger to it. And before I do any of those things, there is always a hint of nervousness that I don't think I would have felt before. But on the other hand, I've learned that there's the things that happen to us often aren't the things that we fear anyway. For example, when I was in hospital, the lady who was in the bed next to me broke her back from a tree landing on her house in the middle of the night. Like something you can't something you can't even plan for. Mm. And so I think if we're to fear fearing something is like you're experiencing the bad thing twice. First in your mind when you're imagining the future and then secondly if it is to actually happen, then you experience that again. So I've tried really hard. I've made like a very deliberate conscious decision to not let my fear stop me from doing things, especially because, as I said, a lot of the things that I like doing the most are a little bit dangerous. And I don't I don't really know how I stop my like how I push through that. But I think it's important to that I do, because I as I said before, I was so grateful to survive that I don't want to use this second chance to just, you know, lock myself in my house and try to bubble wrap myself and keep myself safe because that's not going to be a life well lived for me. Oh, absolutely. No, I love that. I love that outlook on it. And I wish I think, I think I I envy that courageousness in you. (laughs) I feel like I was quite courageous when I was a kid and then all of a sudden I hit this certain age where I was like, eh, (laughs) I'll just stay in the boat. Yeah, Yeah, I think we get to an age where we realise, oh, like 
dangerous things actually can become dangerous <laughs> and we just become so much more aware. Was when, you're, when you're a kid, you have no idea what the ramifications are of things. But another thing I want to yeah. say on that actually is I think we can fear things so much, like something bad happening to us or getting an injury or whatever. And as I said, I would have thought I'd never be able to get through something like that. But then once you have been through it, you're like, oh, I can handle it. Like I can deal with that. So that really does help with fear because you're like, okay, I hope nothing goes wrong, but whatever does happen, like you have faith in your own strength that you'll be able to get through whatever does happen. Does that make sense? (laughs) Yep. That makes total sense. I love that. And now, Em, this wasn't – I didn't prep you for this one, so we can cut this out oh, and you can tell okay. me not. No, I don't want to – but I just think that with our community especially, I feel like they're going to find you so inspiring and I would love to know if through your journey over the last eight years, um, I suppose on the more downer times, like have you ever struggled with things like – shame or embarrassment because of your different body to what you had prior is that is that has that ever happened to you on your recovery um with the way my body looks absolutely not like I remember because I walk with a limp now and I remember someone Hmm. saying to me a few years ago like aren't you embarrassed about the way you walk and I was just in total shock because I was like, I've never actually thought about that. Like, I'm so well, grateful good. that I yeah. can walk. Like, I just yeah. it wouldn't even cross my mind that I would be down on myself for the way that I am walking because I'm just stoked that I'm walking. But so not in that sense, but in the early days, I definitely did in terms of incontinence. Like I was so basically I need to use catheters now, which is like a straw Mm -hmm. that you put in empty out your bladder into the bathroom and I have to do that every hour and even in between those catheters I still need to wear like a big incontinence bad pad because it's just yeah it's all day um and so in the first few years or probably the first few months afterwards I was so scared to leave the house I was so scared to be around anybody because I didn't want anybody to know and I didn't I don't think I even really told people that I was using catheters And then after a few months, it dawned on me, like, this is the way I'm going to have to pee for the rest of my life. And I don't want to be, I don't want to be ashamed of that. And I don't want to feel sad every time I have an accident, because that's going to mean I feel sad literally every day of my life. And that's just not a way to live. So I learned very quickly that the best thing that I could do was to let everyone in my life know what I was going through. So I'd tell people that I use catheters, I'd tell people that I'm pretty likely to have an accident while we're out. And I realized that honestly, no one cares. Like it's been eight years and not a single person has ever said something negative to me about that. And I think if you go into something um, with confidence and I guess not feeling embarrassed by it, then other people aren't going to feel awkward around you either. So, yeah, Yeah. I don't know. That was a really big turning point for me, and I'm so glad. I know a lot of people keep things like that to themselves, but honestly, if there's, like, anything I could tell anyone about my injury and accident and everything, it would just be to let people in and let people know what you're going through and, yeah, don't hide major things like that about you because it it just becomes, yeah, really hard to live like that. Oh, no, I'm so glad. I'm so glad you went there because I feel like – it is so important for anyone that might be in that moment or is still in that time where they are embarrassed to open up and they are embarrassed about something that might have changed in their life. It's important to realise that there is, you know, another side of it and you can come out the other side and you can live with it and you can live, you know, a happy life. And you're so right. I think the only people that would have anything negative to say are so small-minded they're yeah. not worth having in your life exactly. anyway. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So. Yeah. And I remember thinking in the early days, like the only way I would get past the incontinence was if I got better, like if, if I wasn't incontinent anymore and looking at it now, I'm like, oh, that wasn't the only way to get past it. Like I can still have the exact same problems that I did all those years ago, yet it doesn't affect me at all. Obviously it's annoying and expensive to use catheters and all of that, but it doesn't affect me mentally anymore. And the problem didn't go away. It just changed the way I looked at it. That's awesome. That's the the power of mindset. I love that so much. Oh, truly. Yeah, it's everything, isn't it? One, two, three, four. 
So International Day of Happiness is coming up March 20th and um, this is this is half the reason we wanted you on the podcast because you honestly, when I think of happiness, I do think of the way that you live life. But what does happiness mean to you? Mm, I think for me, happiness would be living in the exact moment and stage that you're in rather than always looking forward. Like it's, I think sometimes we can get so caught up in our goals and dreams, which are obviously really important and exciting to have, but it's important to remember that where you are now isn't just like a filler chapter until you get there. It's still your real story. And I remember in hospital, a lot of people were saying to me that were also in hospital were like, I won't be happy until I can walk again. And I I think I'd kind of felt that way as well. But then when I stopped and thought about it, I was like, hold on, first of all, that could never happen. And also it could be a really, really, yeah. And it could be a really long way away if it does happen. So like, what about in the time before that? So I think we always are moving the goalposts with our goals and what we want our life to look like. So it's just really important to remember to, while we're striving for things, just be in the moment we're in now and realize that it's something we once probably were so excited to get to and we're in it now. So yeah, I think happiness would just be being content with where you're at to summarize. I love that. (laughs) Oh, I completely, I completely agree. I feel like that's how I've been trying to, I suppose, especially over the last year, look at life. And I am probably the happiest no I'm definitely the happiest I've ever been because I am content I am still driven I am still goal orientated and I still love love looking forward but I think because I have so much appreciation for what is going on right now it's like I can also live without FOMO knowing that if this is all I have I'm so happy and so grateful yeah but it does it does make a difference to also focus on that um And I think one other thing, one other way of, you know, shifting your mindset in life and looking more positively at life is practicing gratitude. And how important is gratitude in your life? Yeah, gratitude is so important. It's, as I said, the way to change your mindset and perspective. And I think it doesn't always have to look like writing a list of three things you're grateful for every night. And sometimes it does look like that. And for me, I did that for so many years and it helped me get to a place where it does become something just automatic in your brain but um something I wrote down a few years ago and I don't know if this will make sense when I'm saying it out loud as opposed to when I wrote it down but I realized that some of the things that I'm most grateful for now are things that I sometimes even stop I I forget to like stop and be grateful for for example when I was in hospital and in my wheelchair Um, I got taken to the beach one day and I remember being at the beach and just being so excited that I could see the ocean and I could breathe in the air and I was just felt so excited to be there. And then I turned around and I saw this girl who was my age and she was going for a run along the beach. And I just remember thinking like, wow, like she's, here we are, two girls the same age, just living completely different lives. Like she was going to go home to a house. I was going home to hospital. She was running along the beach while I was being pushed in a wheelchair. And it just seemed like, like the journey from me to her and from, you know, rehab to real life was so far. And then a few years ago, like I realized I I got home from a walk on the beach one day and I was like, oh, wow, like I just walked along the beach by myself. I've come home to my house, which is at the beach. I've I've done all of these things, which I one day like could only ever dream of. And I did it without even thinking this is a really pivotal moment. This is something big. It just it it became my life. And so I don't know if I'm explaining this well, but it's like. Sometimes something that you you want so much and something that you think you will be eternally grateful for and never take for granted, you sometimes do. And not in a way that you don't appreciate it, but just in a way that you are so you're so lucky to have so much of it that you don't even realise it's it's a big thing. Oh, you've <laughs> no, you absolutely put that, that perfectly. <laughs> you did, you put you put that perfectly. And it really it, I mean, it goes back to even before when we were talking about goals and you know, looking ahead, it's like when you get there, 
sometimes it's hard to recognize and remember yeah. that you once did not have that yeah. um it's exactly the same with with just life and your surroundings yeah. that you could be grateful yeah. for every day you do have to consciously switch into that mindset for sure and yeah. I think one day I saw it was really sweet I was getting a coffee and I saw this mum and she was talking to her daughter and while they were waiting for their coffee she just bent down and this girl would have been probably three years old and her mum said so what are you grateful for today Anna and she was like hmm. um the sun um <laughs> Uh, my marshmallow and like it was just the cutest so thing cute. ever because it was so just cute. it was it just looked so automatic like she'd obviously her mom had obviously brought that into something yeah. that they do daily or yeah and I just loved that so much because I was like oh shouldn't we all just live like that like yeah. just be just so excited and be able to think straight away of like things at the yeah. top of your head that you're grateful for and really focus on those things and and you're right actually not just kind of list them but like make the most of them you know yeah. if if the beach is something you're grateful for like get down there and yeah, like yeah, yeah. swim in the ocean yeah, or get the exactly. sand in between your toes yeah like that's how I feel about sunsets whenever I used to accidentally catch a sunset I'd be like oh my god I'm so grateful for this this is amazing and then I was like I could make myself see this every day if I want to. So I make such an effort to be down at the beach or even just step outside my house every sunset to see it. Cause I'm like, okay, I know that's something that's going to make my day and I can easily just put myself in that situation to experience it. And also, as you said, doing, doing gratitude lists with kids are the best. Like I do them with my niece who's seven and I'm obsessed with her. Oh my gosh. <laughs> oh, she's just the best. But yeah, doing it with kids is so great because they make you realize like, I think sometimes we have, we think of the really big things to be grateful for. We think it has to be so like, you know, important. And it's like, no, you could be grateful for your marshmallow. You could be grateful that you had a really yummy pasta for lunch. Like I just did. It doesn't, it doesn't have to be, mm-hmm. you know, the big things. It's the little things that all add up to that make you just have the best day. Oh, 100%. Kids look at life so simply and it's just yeah. something that I, yeah, I wish you could kind of take into your adulthood yeah, forever. Yeah, yeah. I mean, there's no reason why you can shift it to that. It's just, it, it is. It's that innocent mindset that I, it's just so amazing. Yeah, um, so precious. I, I think I, I love it when when you've caught her like singing to Taylor Swift. Or, <laughs> she's just, she's like a mini you. <laughs> oh, she's just so cute. And she loves, I, I'm so worried that she's going to lose that enthusiasm for singing like she's not shy to sing or dance in front of anyone and she just like she is taylor swift in a child Mm. form (laughs) i'm just so yeah so scared of her losing that attitude but honestly i don't think she will like (laughs) i think it's just a part of it i don't think she will i don't think she will i mean i i was i was a lot like her when i was little i look at all the family videos and i was constantly sitting anyone who came (laughs) into the house down for a performance i have a performance um, yeah yeah, I'm not going to sing to you and I'm definitely not going to perform like in front of strangers anymore. But, I, you know, that confidence and everything, I think that'll definitely yeah. stay with her. And I think having someone like you around as well will definitely keep that excitability around for sure. Um, and Em, I do want to talk to you more so about being present because you do that in more ways than one. I mean, over summer when I did spend time with you, what I did admire was – you know, you share so much on social media. You are a great advocate on social media and you're active, but at the same time, you know when to put your phone down and you spend so much time present and actually just enjoying those moments. And whether you capture it yourself and then put your phone away or, you know, collectively get all your photos from the weekend from your friends, however you do it, it's it's really admirable to see you do that and I wonder is that like a conscious thing that you have you know made effort to do recently and what kind of boundaries have you set have you set yourself if if so um or was it like totally subconscious or yeah I suppose like because I think there'd be so many people who I think a big part of being more grateful for life or enjoying life to its fullest you know what comes with that or what you've got to do to get that is to be more present. So, and I think because so much of our lives are on social media these days, it's really hard, really hard to put your phone down. So I'm just, I'm curious. Yeah, I, so over the summertime is definitely the main time when I put it down like for weeks without even, without even looking at all. And when I started doing that, which was probably a few years ago now, 
it just reminded me of how you feel when you're a kid. Like you, you're so present because the only conversations you're having are with the people right in front of you. And the only thing you're thinking about is the situation that you're currently in. You don't have FOMO for being somewhere else. So you're not, you know, keeping up with a million other people. It's just, you're like, you're exactly where you are right now, which is how we live as kids. And it's just such a nice, a nice feeling and it's nice even if you're not doing that all year round it's just so nice to be reminded of that and yeah I don't really know why I started that I think because I go camping sometimes out of reception and even if it's only for a few days at a time it just feels so calming getting getting away from that and even just not not even social media but just not having to you know, reply to messages as soon as they come in, not answer every call that comes in, just realizing like, it's okay. Like we don't need to get back to people straight away. We don't have to be a hundred percent available at a hundred percent of the time. And yeah, so I think I just try to do that, um, a little bit more in my daily life when I'm not, when I'm not away. So it's just, I guess, putting my phone down before bed, trying not to be on it when I'm in bed or, yeah, I don't know. Or as you said, like taking videos. If I am doing something that I want to take a video of, I'll take a video and then put my phone away and then later in the day upload it so I'm not missing the moment by uploading and writing things. And yeah, just little things like that. I love that. I love that. And it's something I am going to consciously try and do. It's 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 so hard um, and such a big part of what you do is online, but at the same time, it is so important. And I know that any time that it's been out of my control, like you said, sometimes you you know you might run out of battery and you've got no charger yeah. available or yeah. there's no reception, <laughs> you feel so re-energized and yeah. you know refreshed after taking some time off. And I love what you said about you know, if you're having a conversation with someone, that's the only conversation you're having. Because I instantly thought, oh my God, how many times will I be like talking to Josh and then like Laura might message me. And so like suddenly I'm talking to Laura. (laughs) Yeah. So many times. And it's for sure. Yeah. Yeah. It's just good. I think, you know, having that reminder to try and consciously put it away. Yeah, but oh, it would be so, so hard for you. You would need to be really good at setting boundaries, I imagine. Because yes, so much of your work is online yes yeah lately I've yeah. been very lousy with that with that boundary of life but you know <laughs> it all balances out somewhere but yeah um thank you so so much for joining me today like it's just again I feel like I'm leaving this conversation a happier person because I've been around you <laughs> via zoom um but yeah I just I can't thank you enough for for being that really admirable and energetic self online, but also everything that you put out there is just so raw um, and meaningful. I know you'd be touching so many people's lives. So just keep doing what you're doing, mate. Oh, thank you so much. That's so nice. (laughs) I feel energized too. I was feeling so a bit flat before this chat and I'm like, oh, I feel energized. So thank you. Well, I hope you guys enjoyed that chat. I'll pop M's uh, details in our show notes. As we mentioned, if you want to join us on the kick tour, we still have tickets available for our Brisbane and Melbourne stops and that link will be in our show notes as well. If you want to find out more about Keep It Cleaner, you can head to our website, www.keepitcleaner.com. You can also sign up for the program there. We have a seven-day free trial, which you can enjoy. And we'll be back in your ears next Wednesday with another KickPod episode. You can also find us on Instagram, at Keep It Cleaner, at Laura.Henshaw and at Steph Claire Smith. Bye. Bye.